Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider podcast with your host, uh, Dustin. Doing a podcast for uh, the Mavs win against the Golden State Warriors on uh, Wednesday night. I'm recording this on Thursday night. Um, I would like to talk about the game, but uh, I will say before I kind of get into that, I, you know, I'll I'll talk briefly about um, Dirk and the retirement ceremony of his number. Uh, you know, I know that's been a topic of a lot of people, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I, I know everybody's um, wants to talk about it, and I get it. You know, it's it is was very exciting. Um, I was happy to see his number get retired. Uh, you know, the Mavericks. Um, you know, Rolando Blackman and, uh, I guess Derek Harper and Brad Davis, you know, not exactly the creme of the crop of retired numbers. Um, you know, Roe Blackman was a really good player back in the eighties and so was Harper, obviously in the eighties and the nineties. Uh, Brad Davis was, I mean, that it's kind of the equivalent of, uh, retiring, uh, Brian Cardinal's number. Um, the reason Brad Davis got his number retired is because they didn't have anybody to number two retire, and he was one of those fan favorite type situations. So, but you know, Dirk, you know, I, I've been a Mavs fan since the '80s, and um, you know, I do remember Dallas um, trading for Dirk on draft night for a tractor trailer. Um, nobody knew who Dirk was at the time. You know, we didn't have YouTube or anything like that, so we couldn't go and watch video of him. So, um, you know, the international player was still a, a new thing. You know, there had been a few guys. You know, Luke Longley was one of them. Sharunas Marcelonis was another. Um, uh, Vladi Divac was one who was came over. Tony Kukoc, obviously. You know, they were sprinkled in, and... Um, you know they weren't really stars, and you know when you when you have a top ten pick in the draft, you're hoping to draft a star. Now I, I know it doesn't; it still doesn't happen today. You know, usually if to get a star, you've got to get. You know, I know there've been guys like Donovan Mitchell that have been drafted like thirteen or whatever and stuff like that. But you know, it's you you'd like to think you can get a quality fringe All Star player in the top ten, and you know. Paul Pierce in that draft was falling, and you know he was right there for Dallas, and we had all just seen him play in college in the tournament. You know, for Kansas, he was a really good player, and everybody wanted Paul Pierce when it came along. And you know, when Dallas ended up drafting Dirk, you know everybody was like, "Who?" <laughs> and so, um, you know, it was it was uh, interesting, you know, how his career turned out. You know, his. His first season, he was drafted in '98, but you know they they had a, uh, a work stoppage, and they didn't actually start playing till February. And you know, I often wonder, you know, how his rookie year would have turned out had he been able to get a full season in, you know, get in a uh, preseason. I don't think I don't know if they did summer league back then. I don't think they did, but you know, get in a full preseason back then. I think the preseasons were like eight to ten games. I mean, they were so long. And I just curious as what his career would have been like had he gotten a full preseason and then um, a full you know eighty two game season um, you know because Dirk really there was no practices no anything and then the season started 
And then it's like, boom, 50 games, playing triple header. You know, you played three nights in a row sometimes. I mean, they were stuffing these games in as you know as much as they could. You know, his rookie year, he didn't, his numbers weren't that great. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, his second year did he really, you know, start to show the flashes and stuff. But uh, obviously I'm a huge, huge Dirk fan. I've seen him play. I saw him play so many times. I've went, you know... I didn't have season tickets, but you know, for in the mid two thousands, for a year or two span, I got to go to so many games because of uh, you know where I worked. I was able to get tickets, so you know I got to see a lot of people play. Um, you know, I haven't been in so long. There's a lot of new guys I haven't seen, but you know, I I saw you know LeBron in his first stint in Cleveland. You know, I saw Kobe, Iverson, stuff like that, and. I haven't seen a lot, like, really any of the new guys, you know. I, I, I'd want to see Giannis play. Um, there's, you know, if I sat thought about it, there's other guys I'd like to see play. But uh, Giannis is one of them for sure. Um, that's one of the things I think I'm going to try and start to do again is go back to games. But uh, for now, um, we'll go ahead and get into the... Uh, Mavs game against Golden State. Um, you know, some people, you know, since that that retirement number retirement ceremony was so long, you know, you kind of forget there was actually a game, and it it was a really good game at that. Um, very interesting game. Um, a couple things kind of stand out. For one, um, the turnovers for Golden State. Now they only had sixteen of them. Which is a lot, but you know Dallas had twelve and Luca had half of those. Um, but you know Luca played a pretty decent game. You know he had twenty six points, and one of the big things was was the free throws. He shot twelve free throws, and one of the things that's kind of come up recently is, you know, at the beginning of the year, a lot of guys weren't getting free throws, and it was kind of affecting their numbers. You know. I think like Trey Young last year was averaging something like 10 free throws a game. And at the start of the year, he was averaging like four. And, and, you know, like James Harden was another guy who was really affected by these new rules. And, you know, I don't know if – I don't know what's causing the, re, the free throws to tick back up. But one thing I do know is that a lot of the moves that Luka used to get – foul calls for he doesn't do those anymore like he's not jumping into people anymore i he, i haven't seen him do it yet um i saw curry do it last night and they actually called a foul on whoever it was he jumped into and i saw somebody i want to say it was luca he even said something to the ref about curry jumping into the player and because um, Luca got a little animated when Curry got that foul call, because that was that was the first thing he noticed. That was the first thing I noticed is that they gave Curry free throws for jumping into the defender, and that was something that they've supposed to have taken out of the game. But I'm happy to see that Lucas he still doesn't do that. You know, um, that's an annoying play to me, and I, I'm glad to see that's gone as far as from you know he's figured out a way to make it to the line and get that out of the game. You know, I I haven't watched. A lot of Trey Young to know that if he still does it, but uh, you know Chris Paul was also another guy who liked to do it. Um, James Harden's obviously hadn't been getting the same calls as he used to, so um, I don't know if that's changed or not. But uh, 
you know, it, Luca's still um, trying to get back in rhythm now. You know, not to jump ahead, but I did hear that he's going to sit out the Houston game coming up, but we'll get into that here in a minute. Um, one thing that does stick out to me, and it's not a guy who had a particularly uh, great game number-wise, but it's it's Sterling Brown. You know, Sterling Brown, um, since he's gotten back from his injury, he had like a, a foot thing or something. I can't exactly remember what it was. But since he's been back from injury, he, he's been playing fantastic basketball. Now, he only had five points and four rebounds, but he just makes an impact. You know, he, he was a plus 29 in last night's game. That was by far the highest of anybody on the team. Now, Hardaway was a plus 18, but Sterling Brown has just been a fantastic player, and I would love to see him get more minutes. You know, it was interesting. It was sort of a short rotation last night. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith played 37 minutes and had 17 points. He was four for seven on his threes. Um, he did start out missing a few and I was getting a little nervous but in the second half he really came on and uh, was really hitting those shots he had nine rebounds and three of those offensive and he's quietly and he had two blocks which one of them on the Draymond layup was incredible but uh, he's quietly having this like fantastic like run and I'm curious as to how far this is going to go you know um but between Dorian Finney-Smith and Sterling Brown and even Reggie Bullock. Now, I know Reggie didn't shoot very well last night. He was only one for five. Um, but their defense is one of the biggest things that stick out. The defense and the activity. And that's really good to see. Um, you know, Hardaway, he was two for six on his threes. You know, that's 33%. It's not terrible, but it's not great. But he did have eight other shots that weren't threes, which is also good to see. You know, he was basically four for eight on his twos, and that's 50%. I, I think that's 50% is a good shooting percentage for a person that's not, you know, a big. So, you know, I'll take that. Um, I like when he gets closer. I'm fine with the mid-range shots. Like I said, I've said it a hundred times on this pod, and I know it sounds like a broken record sometimes, but... I would rather see a mid-range get two points than launching threes and getting zero points. So, um, Josh Green didn't play a lot. Uh, you know, he played five minutes. I, I thought he played decent when he was in there for whatever reason. Uh, I, I guess, you know, Dorian, Finney-Smith, and even Sterling Brown and Hardaway to an extent and Bullock played so well, I believe, you know, Josh Green wasn't really, they didn't ask a lot from him that game. Um, and Marquise Chris was another one who got very limited minutes. He only played four minutes. Um, now, Maxi is a guy who really struggled in this game. Um, I hated to see it. You know, he, he does play really good defense, and he plays hard. So um, it's not... You, you do get something out of Maxie on the defensive end, but the offense was really bad. He was 0 for 7 on his threes, but he did have 10 rebounds. But he only had two points. You know, hit between him and Powell, they only scored 10. You know, Powell had eight points. Um, you know, Powell had five free throws, but he only had six rebounds. Um, 
you know, there were three guys on the team that out-rebounded Powell. You know, one being Maxie and, and Dorian and Luca. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see Porzingis back with this team. Um, the defensive numbers are seem real. Um, you know, one thing I, I am curious about is how Nilakina kind of lost his spot in a rotation. You know, he came in and immediately hit a three-point shot. Um, you know, I, I, I do like Nilakina. I do think he can help them. I'm curious to see, you know, how how far this, you know, this... Uh, this span goes where they are playing this really good defense. I think they've worked their way up to sixth in the league overall, which is I, I think that's I, I there's it depends on who you're looking at. There's different numbers, different whatever. But I want to say I saw something where somebody had him sixth, which is really good. It's their offense that's not exactly great right now. You know they only scored ninety nine points. One thing Golden State does do well is they do defend well. So I'm not really shocked about that. But, uh, you know, the next game, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes without Luka and Porzingis. And they are playing Houston. And Houston, you know, is bottom of the West team, but they do play hard. Um, they just beat the Wizards, I think, last night. But... You know, Jalen Brunson obviously started next to Luka. Had a okay game. He didn't make a three-pointer. He had 15 points. You know, he was 40% overall. It seemed like he missed so many layups, in the especially in the first half. His second half was so much better than his first half. So, you know, it was really good to see the second half pick up a little. The the score in the first half was seemed like really low scoring. So, you know, overall, though, it, it was a good win. I was happy to see him get the win. I, I wasn't sure how it was going to go against Golden State. One thing I noticed about Golden State is they seemed very perimeter-oriented, except on those plays where they were able to get by. Um, you know, sometimes they got by Luka, and, you know, he just gave them the layup, which, honestly, I would rather give them the layup than foul them and give them an opportunity for an and one. What was funny is Curry shooting was so bad. Uh, you know, he was 5 for 24. He was 1 for 9 overall on his threes. Poole was 0 for 4. Uh, Toscano Anderson was 0 for 2. Bealitz 0 for 2. You know, Wiggins was two for five, but I, I do, you know, they were off on their shooting. But, you know, I will give the Mavs defense credit. I did feel like they really contested those three-point shots. So um, the best player for Golden State last night was probably Gary Payton. You know, he was he shot 100%. He had 11 points at 11 rebounds. Just two steals. Just a guy who's kind of carved out a fantastic like situation on Golden State really contributes Golden State will be back you know what people talk about Curry's slump or whatever they'll be fine um, as far as Dallas goes their next game like I said is um, Friday night 
I do believe uh, it is against the Houston Rockets. You know, Houston's 11 and 28. Dallas is 20 and 18. They're two games above 500. You know, this is a game Dallas should hopefully win. I, I, you know, I worry about games like this because, you know, they they tend to be teams you overlook and you think, well, they're 11 wins, we should beat them. And I, that's just not always true. Um, you know, Dallas, with their win, moved up to the fifth spot. Um, they, they have 20 wins and 18 losses. The Nuggets also have 18 losses, but they only have 18 wins. The Lakers and Clippers both have 19 or that's, yeah, they have 18 wins and 18 losses. The Nuggets and the the Lakers and the Clippers, sorry. The Lakers and the Clippers both have 19 losses. So the Clippers and the Lakers are, you know, they're they're sort of hovering of the 500 along with Dallas. Uh, you know, they're they're four and a half games behind Memphis. You know, if Dallas could just get healthy, get Porzingis back, and the good thing is is they've all I mean, I, I can only think of, like, has Brunson had COVID yet? I, I, I don't know. Um, and Powell might be another one uh, that, I can't, I, that I'm thinking of. But I, I want to say something along the lines of 12 or 13 of their players have had it. So it's almost as if I, I would like to see, I would like to see Brunson just go ahead and get it so he can sit now. And then the Mavs can get their team together and go on a run. Um, I, I just, you know, the whole COVID thing really hit Dallas hard. One team that didn't hit hard is Utah, but all of a sudden they've got two guys now. But, you know, Dallas, they, 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 they fought through it. And hopefully, you know, Porzingis can come back. I, I, I know the new rule. I, I don't know what the I don't understand the new rule. You know, Trey Burke was out with health and safety protocols, but he was sitting on the bench last night. So I don't even know what that means. And you know, I saw the the injury report already, or they've already like released one because I think they have to do one daily. And Burke wasn't even on it anymore. So I'm assuming Burke is back with the team and he's gonna play. Um, I'm hoping they're just keeping Luca out. He says he's fine. I'm hoping they're just keeping him out because it is the Rockets. And, you know, after the Rockets, I do believe they play on, I want to say, Sunday. Yes, they played the Bulls on Sunday. Not an easy game. It is a 6.30 my time game, which is, I like the early ones. Because they don't end as late. Um, but who am I to complain? I know some people in the, the other countries. You guys, hey, you guys are watching in all kinds of, you know, all times of day. So, uh, but anyhow, you know, it, the Mavericks, I, I would just like to see them get some of their guys back, go on a run. It, it would be nice to see them, you know, have like a, this February, March streak where they, you know, do something like win 11 out of 13, you know. You don't have to win them all in a row. You know, that's very difficult in the NBA today because, 
there's so many good teams. You know, Memphis has the longest winning streak right now. At in the West at six, Chicago's at eight. You know, Chicago's a really good team. You know, that game on Sunday, maybe that's what they're resting Luca for is to get ready for Chicago. Um, I don't think um, I don't think Porzingis will be back in time for that. Unfortunately, I I don't know. I unfortunately I, I have a bad memory as far as when you know he may have even um, gone out with health and safety protocols, and I know that they moved it to like five days or six days or I don't know. Again, I don't understand that whole deal. I'll just when the player comes back, they come back. Um, hopefully he's not sick. Hopefully he's just one of those he got he tested positive and he's be back as soon as possible. Um, but you know, like everything's still you know sort of the way it's been. Um, you know, a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams that were sort of sort of hovering around the 500 mark. Uh, you know, between like Toronto, Charlotte, Washington, Boston, and New York. And even if you want to say Atlanta, they're three games under five hundred. But then you got Dallas, both L.A. teams, Denver, Minnesota. I mean, all those teams are hanging out at five hundred. Uh, at some point, I do feel like there's going to be a team that really makes separation. And I would like to see it, you know, be Dallas. I'd like Dallas to get healthy, and I'd like to see them start, you know, getting separation. Um, you know, the bottom. You know, I'm talking about the bottom spot in the West. I, I, I feel like it's going to be, uh, and that's one of my crazy cats. I just, you know, the bottom of the West, you know, right now at the 10th spot at San Antonio, but I, I feel like the way Minnesota's, you know, playing and hovering around the 500 mark, I feel like Minnesota's in. It's that 10th spot that who knows what's going to happen. It, it would be funny to see um, Sacramento get it, but... There's some guys on San Antonio that are really playing some good basketball, and it wouldn't shock me to see San Antonio get that spot. You know, they're well-coached and stuff, but as far as the East is concerned, it's going to be interesting because I do think Cleveland will make the playoffs, and that, that kind of means either New York or Atlanta's not, or even both, you know, because right now they both would be out. And unless, you know, what's funny is Toronto has – moved up they're one game above 500 they're to me they're a little bit overachieving you know they've their four game winning streak right now and that's funny when you're when you hovering around the 500 mark and you win four hundred four games in a row you know all of a sudden you're above all those other teams so uh you know cleveland and toronto now have the same amount of losses now i think toronto's had some games canceled so they've got much fewer games played but, you know, Toronto's at 17 losses, and Milwaukee at number three is at 15. So that's just kind of something interesting to keep an eye on. I think Dallas plays Toronto coming up really soon. You know, Dallas, I think, has a schedule. I was looking, I was kind of cheating, looking ahead, and it was one of those where they played a good team and then sort of played a bad team and then played a good team and then played a bad team. And, you know, if they can get some momentum playing the bad teams and, you know, kind of take that onto the next game and beat a good team, you know, maybe that's something – you know that can work out in their favor so um we'll see how that goes and um right now they're on a four game win streak and you know hopefully tomorrow in houston they can make it five but um 
you know, I guess I'm going to go ahead and stop it there. You know, I don't, you know, have really much else. There's not really much else going on around the league. I did see, you know, Kyrie made his debut, but, you know, they played Indiana, who got off to a hot start, and they, but they ended up blowing it because, you know, they didn't really have the, you know, they don't, for whatever reason, they can't figure it out. But Indiana, they, they have good players. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry about that. They have good players, but for whatever reason, they just they can't put it together. Um, I think that's why they're wanting to trade um, some guys. And I think the rumor is is they, they want to trade a player that can help them now because they don't want to go through a full rebuild if you know they're going to trade like Sabonis. Um, you know, I don't, I can't think of anybody more than, you know, someone like Brunson and Hardaway that could, you know, help immediately. And, you know, or is like, not even Hardaway, like, of course, if you put Powell in the deal, you would have to, you know, you, you would have to come up with several more contracts. I think one time I put one together with Powell, Willie Cauley-Stein, and Brunson. And I think it worked. Um, you know, Rick Carlisle loves Powell. And Brunson could help him at the same time. I'm not trying to trade Brunson. I just think if the Mavs are going to get better, they have to, you know, think about, you know, trading if they're going to make a trade, I feel like the only asset they have is Brunson. If they're not going to make any – like if, if they don't want to put Brunson in any trades – and like I say, I'm not trying to trade Brunson. I'm not one of those – I'm not – you know, I'm just talking like if if they're not going to make any trades for Brunson, I, I just can't foresee them, you know, really improving their team that much. You know, they're basically going to have to improve as players if they're going to do anything – you know, they've improved their defense tenfold since the year started, obviously. Um, you know, I I don't know. You know, maybe this will hold up all year. Maybe it'll get better. I don't know. Maybe their defense will get even better. And once, you know, they get fully healthy, and maybe their offense gets even better once they get fully healthy. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. But, you know, this we've been basically, you know, banking on players just getting better and that's sort of what you know mark cuban's done you know instead of bringing guys in really he's just hoping players get better and you know i i don't know if that's right or wrong i, I obviously i i'm not a huge fan of it but you know i i would like to see those subtle moves to improve your team you know i don't want to be like you know la the lakers you know they I think LeBron and Davis are the only – I think Taylor Horton Tucker was on that team. You know, they're the ones who been there the longest on L.A. now. You know, I know Dwight Howard was on that team, but he was gone last year. He played it for Philly, and then he came back. So, you know, but as far as, you know, like the Lakers, they keep turning over their team, and it doesn't seem to be working. So, um you know, they did make it to the seventh seed last year, I believe, and they got knocked out in the first round. They basically had injuries. But, you know, I, it is good to see cohesiveness. But at the same time, it's like there's a little bit too much cohesiveness. So I, I would like to see a little bit of change. Um, you know, obviously, 
you know, bringing in Chris over Willie Colley Stein, I think, would be a good move. And, you know, I'm hoping Dragic at some point can be a free agent and get bought out. You know, I've gone over that. I, Like I said, I think they're holding on to him just in case they need his contract for a trade. But, you know, I, I, I don't think there will be a lot of trades. I really don't. So, you know, I'm hoping that they buy him out over the next few weeks. He's just sitting at home. I don't know what they're doing. feel bad for Dragic, but uh, anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. If if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can at the Mavs Outsider. And if you could rate and review your podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast, I'd really appreciate it. But uh, until next time, we'll talk to you later.